Yeah, you hear the All the Rage with Shelly Wade theme music? That's by my friend Jolando Johnson, who is my guest on the All the Rage with Shelly Wade podcast today. I am so super excited for you to get to know Jolando a lot better, and I'm so excited to share his new music with you. Yeah, during the pandemic, um, he wrote a new song called Precious Time, and I'm going to play that for you on the podcast as well. Can't wait to share all of it with you. Before I do that, though, just want to let you know how much I love you for taking the time to listen. You know, I'm, I'm all about the love. I'm all about the positive energy. I always feel like, you know, listen, if you take the time to listen to me, whether it's on the podcast or or on the radio, if you take the time to interact with me on social media, I want to make sure that I'm contributing positively to your day because, you know, we are inundated with negativity so much. We are, we're bombarded with negativity. It's just hitting us in the head every day, all day long. And sometimes it's really heartbreaking um, how human beings uh, treat each other. So I just want to be that person that contributes positively to your day. So that's why I say, you know, All the Rage with Shelly Wade, your dose of pop culture and positivity. Because, yeah, we're going to give you the pop culture. We're going to give you the entertainment. Uh, We're going to have some laughs, but we're also going to do it in a positive way. So um, it's all love with me. And I appreciate you showing me love by listening to the podcast. And if you haven't already, showed me love by uh, subscribing to it as well. (laughs) My YouTube channel, subscribe to that too. It's called All, All All the Rage with Shelly Wade. My uh, Facebook page is also called All the Rage with Shelly Wade. And you can find me on Twitter and Clubhouse at Shelly Wade. Don't forget, it's Shelly with an E. So S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-W-A-D-E. Follow me on uh, Clubhouse and Twitter. As a matter of fact, I have a Clubhouse show called All the Rage with Shelly Wade. So follow me on there. And you can find me on Instagram at the one and only Shelly Wade. So got it? Good. I'll be talking to you on social media. Right now, I'm sharing my conversation with the super talented Jolando Johnson with you. First of all, how are you? I cannot complain. I am blessed. <laughs> That's really awesome. Um, <laughs> full disclosure, you and I are, we go back like babies in pacifiers. Um, we, <laughs> you're you're my college buddy. Um, and you, you studied radio and television as well, right? A little bit. But more, more more on the writing side, but um, you know my 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 um, degree was journalism. Yeah, so you were a musician all along. Um, why didn't you major in say music? I was a music major when I first got to um, Texas Southern University, which is the TSU that matters, by the way. Uh, <laughs> oh, shots fired! Shots fired! <laughs> the only TSU that matters. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a music major, but I don't think I was serious enough because I saw I saw the curriculum, and there was a lot of classes that I didn't want to take. I just really wanted to play the bass mm-hmm. and learn more about that. But there were really no classes that taught that. Um, there were a lot of classical um, classes, um, but I really wasn't in the classical at that time. Mm-hmm. I I just wanted to play. I just wanted to play the bass mm-hmm. and learn more about that. And there weren't really any classes about that with that. Mm-hmm. So I just um, and also I heard about some students that were there, which for what seemed like forever taking forever to get out and I did not want any part of that Mm -hmm. so even though I changed my major to communications I still was involved with the music and another crucial part about that is that um, it helped pay for school 
Um, can you explain that? I got a scholarship playing in the jazz ensemble. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. I was because um, I was I was really not really supposed to be in the area. I was I was uh, I think I was just walking and just kind of just walking around, not really no place to go, just wandering around. And I got over to the music department and I met the director of the jazz ensemble, Howard Harris. And uh, he had actually heard about me playing as a player and um, basically offered me a scholarship on the spot because they needed a bass player in the jazz ensemble. Oh, that is so freaking awesome. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So, so that, so you know, that ended up paying for school, and so I, there was no complaints there. I, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Let's rewind because you and I know each other from college, but certainly there was a Jalando Johnson in 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 existence before Shelly Wade met him. <laughs> so so let's uh let's dig deeper into him. Um, born and raised in Houston. Yes, indeed. Um, I know you didn't go to Jack H. High School, which uh, already right there puts you at a default. But um... <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I think I think I chose the right school. <laughs> what high school I, did you go to? I went to uh, James Madison, and um, mm. actually, I didn't have any. Well, we didn't have any choice in that. But my parents, I um, thank my parents for allowing me to go to the right high school. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have siblings? You said we? Right. Um, I have a sister and two brothers. Uh, where do you fall in there? I am the oldest out of the four. Oh, wow. And um, your parents had four kids like my parents, but it's kind of um, the mirror image. Um, well, not the mirror image, but you had one sister and there were three boys. Well, my mom had one boy and then there were three sisters. Oh, my. Uh, and the brother is the oldest. Um, oh, okay. So you have a big brother. I have a big brother. I do, my big brother. Yeah, and he was, you know, he he was always he always loomed larger than life. Not only because he's like six foot six, but also because he just always excelled. You know, he was a basketball player when. He went to Yates. He played on the basketball team, and they took um, our high school to the state championship and won it. And then he went on to uh, play for the University of Houston basketball when they were five slamma jamma, and they went to the mm -hmm. final four. Oh yeah! And, and so oh, yeah. my brother always loomed large. And so not only was he my big brother naturally, but he was my big brother because he was bigger than life, you know. Um, yeah. But, was, was he real? Was he real protective? Um, you know what, Stacy was always protective of us, um, and we still get on his nerves, but he loves us. <laughs> you know, we can be the annoying little sisters even now, but he loves us. <laughs> ah, gotcha, gotcha, were you a, yeah. Were you and are you a, a good big brother? I believe I am. Now, I will say that my sister thought that she was, she ran everything. Well, you know, we, women tend to do that. We, <laughs> we tend to run everything. I, I let her think that. Did so, you hear uh, Beyonce's song, Who Run the World, Girls? Um, I think that was not... <laughs> I, I think that was a song that was um, released, but uh, I don't think she meant that. I don't think she meant that. You, you don't think those were hashtag facts? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> okay, so how old were you when you got into music, Jolando? Well, I was about... 
mm, about six or seven years old, I was playing piano. I started playing piano at that wow, time. Wow, you've been doing this seriously for a long time now. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I, I wasn't sure about the piano um, because I was. Um, I, there was some stuff I wanted to play on the radio, but they weren't teaching me that. I, um, there was. I was learning other stuff, which was cool. But I wanted to listen. I, I mean, I wanted to learn the Cool in the Gang stuff and the <laughs> Commodores. I wanted to learn that music. Well, you didn't want to hear Bach. You didn't want to play Bach and all that. Uh, nah, like, wait a minute. You're, you're like weighing it. Bach, the Commodores. Hmm. Let's see here. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was into. <laughs> so, um, but you know, I was, I was, I was still digging it, and I did it for a good while. But all along, I wanted to play the bass. Why so? It was just something about the low tones that just grabbed me. And then I come to find out that um, my grandfather was a bass singer in a quartet. Mm -hmm. So, and actually, we have some other bass players in the family, in the uh, spread out family. So, come to find out that it's, it, it really runs, it runs in the family, the bass and the singing or the playing of it. So I just fell, I just fell right in. You know, I think I think about bass, Jolando, is, you know, like, there are more flashy instruments. I, for example, my favorite instrument is the guitar. It's flashy, and then people pay a lot of attention to the lead singer. But just like the, uh, the drums, the bass is like the backbone of the song, right? Oh, yeah. Actually, we are, the bass is the actual leader of the band. Really now? I don't think I've ever heard that. Explain that to us. Well, no, you never heard it because nobody will ever say it but a bass player. <laughs> but I think, I think you're being biased when you say that. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll prove it to you this way. We can play a note and we can change the whole course of a song mm -hmm. just by playing a note or, or several notes. We can determine the whole course of a song. Now, a singer might disagree with that. Um, even a keyboard player or drummer, they might disagree. But I, can, I dare them to find a, an, an instance where a bass is not really controlling the narrative of the song hmm. 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 so something to think about okay um, i've never heard that in my whole life but i will tell you <laughs> listen you're more of a musician than i am so i'll take your word for it <laughs> okay so let's let's get back to um you were playing the piano and by the way i always hear musicians say all the time that that is a really great way to start because once you know the piano it's easier to learn everything else. Do you find that to be the case with you? Oh yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, because the, the whole orchestra is really represented in the piano, from the lows to the highs, mm -hmm. from the lowest instruments to the highest instruments. It's also where arrangements are, are made, where people can do arrangements of songs and just compositions in general. It all really starts on the piano. Um, although you switch to bass, can you still play the piano? I can play it. Um, I do what Babyface calls composer's keys. So I do it good enough to write songs. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can pick a few things out, huh? <laughs> yeah, I got some chords. I got, I got a few chords. I stole some chords from Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> so um, you got into bass and you fell in love and never thought of playing another instrument um, as your main? Well, I have, but bass has always been just my love. That's what I always come back to. Okay. And that's what I always listen listen for. And then I started getting into bass players, listening to, to them, and um, just grabbed my attention immediately. 
Um, who are your all-time favorite bass players? Uh, let's see. Louis Johnson uh, from the Brothers Johnson. Oh, wow. Um, yes, indeed. Uh, I can't I can't forget my man, Verdine White, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Verdine, you work in that perm, man. He works it, but he, 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 uh, yeah, he's a great player. You ever thought about having a perm like Verdine? I wanted one back in the back in the '80s. <laughs> you, you and Verdine and Prince, huh? <laughs> Sorry, I'm being silly. Yeah, were... yeah, it's, it's, it... <laughs> yeah. And the Prince was different with his perm. His perm was he didn't have. See, he didn't have the shag like Verdine had, and uh-huh. and that's and, and and Lionel Richie. They had the shags, but Prince was more like. Um, perm, perm, like a, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, did you did you ever imagine when we were doing we would do this uh, interview, we'd be talking about perms and the different types of perms? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. He's like, damn it! I came on here to talk about music. Why are we talking about perms? <laughs> it is. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and also, um, James Jameson and. For those that don't know, he was the bass player for all of the Motown music that um, shaped America, pretty much. Um, all of those Motown like, uh, hits. That? You know, I'm, I'm listening. Do, 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 do. That's uh, him. The Temptations. Is that him? Oh, my That's God. Him. As soon as you said bass and Motown, I thought about my girl from The Temptations. Exactly. That's him? That's him. Oh, man. And then all the, the I heard it through the grapevine, Marvin Gaye and oh, Gladys Knight. Yes. Just, just my imagination. Hmm. Um, all that, all that bass playing, that's him, James Jameson. And a matter of fact, there's a movie called Standing in the Shadows of Motown, which talks about the band mm-hmm. that never really got credit for all that music that they played, by, played for all the people that they played before, because back then, they didn't have credits mm-hmm. for the band, so nobody knew who they were. Yeah. So and you know, I've heard but, that. I've heard the title of that movie before, but I've never seen it. I'm gonna have to um, check it out. You gotta see it. It's it's eye opening, happy, sad in some cases, but it's a great informative tool. So anyway, um, yeah, um, James Jameson. Uh, as far as upright, you know, the upright bass, Ron, not Ron, but Paul Chambers, that was my man. Um, he played, make more familiar with him, he played with Miles Davis. Oh, okay. And so the song, there's a song called So What. Um, he played it. That's him playing um, that bass lead. And um, so that was in the jazz world, Paul Chambers, and then it's um, James Jamison, Jaco Pastorius, Verdine White, Lewis Johnson, Anthony Jackson, which is... Uh, Another big influence because he played the um, the song from "For the Love of Money." Oh wow! That worldwide baseline. Yes, that is cold, man. That's him, Anthony wow. Jackson, and I got a chance to meet him too. Is it, well, first of all, isn't it interesting? You know, you're pointing out all of these um, baselines out, and and. Most of those instances, I hadn't thought about who was playing those. So, um, so I'm appreciative that you're just pointing out to me these people, and now I want to go back and listen, and then you know do my research on them. You know? Yeah. Well, that's that's what I do in my shows when I have my um with my group 
when I'm playing uh, my concerts with my original music, mm-hmm. I have a I have a segment in my show where it's just me and the bass, mm-hmm. and I'm playing the familiar bass lines that people know of and heard of, but may not be they're not familiar with the people who play them. Yeah. But I point. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying because you you just think about the singing of it for the love of money. You don't really think about do do do. You know, you don't think about because I mean that song is. Uh, instantly recognizable because of that bass line. And I exactly. had never thought about who was playing it. Oh, yes, exactly. And, and um, so I play those, those bass lines, and I tell people all the time that, for one thing, the best songs, and I know I'm going to sound biased again, but <laughs> the best songs, the songs that stand the test of time, starts with the bass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and um, do my do my uh, due diligence on that. <laughs> You're and like, when you and when you make the connection, let me know. I will. <laughs> Jerry was right. <laughs> so um, I was gonna ask you, but I think you've already answered this. Um, you know, when you decided because there are so many people who decide to go into the arts, right? And their parents may be like that. You know, they're trying to save you a world of hurt. Um, that's not lucrative or, you know, um, I want you to be a doctor or a nurse or something like that. Um, you said earlier that you have um, people in your family who have already been singers and, and bass players. So I'm assuming that your parents were not against you choosing this for a career. No, they weren't. I'm sure they had their doubts and, and, and had their reserves about it, but they just let me go with it. Um, that's really, and I have to say, that's really refreshing um, to have parents that are supportive of you in that way because I've met so many people who say, I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that, but my parents wouldn't let me. They wanted me to go and do this and do that, you know? So it had to have been yeah. very, very reaffirming and refreshing to have that kind of support from your parents. Yes, and, and one of the things that really made me proud before my dad passed away, um, my mom would, um, well, my mom would tell me, Whenever, when I would do like playing at the uh, the Motown show that they have here in Houston, mm-hmm. uh, Memorial Day uh, weekend, he would be just so proud to see me up there playing in the orchestra <laughs> and let, let, let people know around him know that's, that's my son up there. That's my boy. That's my boy right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that was, um, um, I, I tell you, that, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a priceless moment. That's a priceless story that um, my mom tells of my dad doing that. And so, um, you know, I and love it, and, that. It, I love that. and it, and it keeps me, and, it, and that's one of the things that also keeps me going, knowing that he's looking down on, on me while yeah. I'm doing this. And looking down on you as your biggest fan, aside from, you know, your mom. <laughs> right, right. Um, when you would play those shows, would it be at, I'm picturing, as soon as you said that, I was picturing, picturing, um, God, what's the, um, Herman Park, um, yeah, Miller Outdoor Theater. Miller Outdoor Theater, yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And, and not this is neither here nor there, but whenever I think of Miller Outdoor Theater, I always think about as a kid just rolling down that hill. <laughs> hippie hill, right? So much fun, man. So much fun. That's called Hippie Hill. It's, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. I, I love that hill. I, I, I go over there to exercise. Yeah, and yeah. So, Walk around the park and such. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I love that. I love that park in general. Yeah, you know, back to your music, Jolando. So, 
when you um, were in college uh, majoring in journalism and, and yet um, being on scholarship for being in the jazz ensemble, um, you were thinking all along that your fate was being a professional musician. Not once did you ever think, maybe I do want to be a journalist. I kind of thought that. I started, as, especially as I started getting close to um, graduation, mm -hmm. and or basically when I was interning with the Houston Sun and the Houston Informer and the mm -hmm. Defender mm -hmm. and other things, I started to thinking, well, maybe I will end up being a journalist, you know. Would you have uh, um, been like a music journalist, you think? I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking more like a, maybe more like a news reporter, which is not really what I wanted to do. Yeah. But I, I saw things moving that way, so I said, "Well, maybe that's this is what I end up doing." Yeah, you no, know? I can see you could you could have totally, and you could still now actually, um, you could still now be a music journalist because you are an insider, you have True. access to you know the musicians themselves, um, you know, and so you could still do that. That could be you know how everybody they call this the slash generation. I'm a musician slash journalist. <laughs> You know, so you can yeah. totally do that for sure. Wait, and, and you need to, and you need to have multiple revenue streams anyway. Exactly. And as I said, you've got the inside scoop, right? You've got the direct line <laughs> to the musicians. You don't have to reach out to their PR persons and, and request an interview. You can pick up your phone and call them. You know. Yeah, and and the thing I would rather do is basically talk about them, what they're doing. I really, I never want to give my opinion about somebody's art or expression. You yeah, know. you know, well, that would be you know critiques. You know, like that's why people always say you should be a, a music critic or um, a um, a movie critic. And I'm like, mm. you know, I never wanted to be a critic um, because, again, as you're saying, it's someone else's art. I may like it or not. I may agree with it or not, but I never want to be that person that's uh, charged with um, giving um, a negative review, you know? Right. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I don't think I could be the critic <laughs> at all, you know? Yeah, I, I am more interested, you know, as you and I are doing, you know, just having conversations with people. So Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think it'd be interesting if you did go into, you know, doing journalism, um, um, flex your journalism muscles. I think it would be refreshing hearing um, the conversations. You know, I used to watch this musician, and I can't think of his name, but years ago, he's passed since then. One of my favorite shows on TV is CBS Sunday Morning. I think it's mm -hmm. just such a quality show. Um, and there was this musician... I'm thinking Bobby something. I can't think of his name. But he was a musician, um, legendary musician, but he would also do interviews with other musicians for CBS Sunday Morning. Um, and it just really felt very, um, I don't know, it felt very legitimate seeing him going in and doing these interviews with these musicians because it felt like an insider. You know, you were getting this, yeah. you were like a fly on the wall. Um, hearing conversations between these two people who know this so well. You weren't, I didn't really feel like I was watching a journalist interviewing a musician. I felt like this was me getting a, you know, I'm, I'm getting to, you know, a peek in on their conversation that they would have, you know, they were just hanging out and having a drink at the bar or something, you know? Yeah, he's probably like hanging out, you know, uh, just, you know how musicians, we just sit around and we talk about music and other mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And that sounded like that sounded like what this guy was doing. And 
actually that's not a bad idea and i look forward to you doing it <laughs> all right <laughs> all right bring your voice to the conversation because it's, it's it would uh, be really nice you know you got me thinking so um let me ask you this um i know you have some new music out and we're gonna get to that but this last year, I'm always interested in talking to uh, musicians about this last year, um, you know, with, oh God, the pandemic, with COVID and how it just really um, just turned, it upended everyone's life. But musicians, you guys, you know, you, you really rely on doing live performances and such. And you're in Houston, you know, Texas opened up well before a lot of states did. You know, but I know there must have been a moment where you were, um, you felt unsure about what was going on. Can you share your feelings about your experience as a musician this last year of the pandemic? Sure can. It felt weird mm -hmm. not playing. It felt weird not being um, in on stage in front of people, um, basically our second, third homes, whatever. It felt, it just, it was, it was, it was different. People asking, or people basically saying, you know, I miss you guys playing. I wish I was out. I wish that you all was doing your thing because I miss that. And people would, you know, tell me that mm -hmm. all the time. And it's like being helpless. I can't do nothing about it because there's no place that's open. And um, all the places are, are closed and everybody's, it's, it's, it's a scary time right now. And, um, but not being able to play and do what we love to do it was it just felt so weird and um i look back on that time now as things are starting to open back up and it's kind of like wow how, how did how did we get through that um mm -hmm. you know how long you know, were you on the sidelines um let's see what well, the, the, the the pandemic was declared in march um i would say by the summer i was doing some gigging but it was mainly private. Yeah. It was um, wedding receptions because I play in a corporate band and we do a lot of wedding receptions. The mm -hmm. band I was telling you about, we was in, I was with in Beaumont mm -hmm. uh, this weekend. So we did a, we did a, a wedding reception up in um, Conroe or outside of Conroe. And um, nobody had on a mask out there. But did you feel, did you feel um, at risk? Did you feel scared, afraid? I did. I'll be honest with you, I did. Um, so I kept my mask on for the whole, un, 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 um, when, we, when we was, of course, when we was eating, I had it off. But when we was, even when we was on stage or when I had to get out in front of the crowd or around them on the break, during our breaks, you know, I kept my mask on because I was, you know, I was nervous. Yeah, but I would assume that, you know, cause, so one would say, well, why did you do it if you were nervous? I mean, you have to make a living, right? Is that why you ended up doing it? Yes, it, it was. And and also to be playing again. Yeah, because you, you know, Jolando, you play how many times would you say a week on a, on a normal, you know, quote unquote, normal uh, week? Four. Four. And then at its worst during the pandemic, how many times were you playing? One, maybe two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. really did. It really did upend everyone's lives. And it's really scary if you, you know, I mean, no one could have predicted this, actually. I mean, we, we were hearing rumblings of this, you know, like late 2019. But who would have thought? I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. 
I, no, not not. It's, it, we could never to to for the world to shut down. Just basically shut down yeah. the way it did. Yeah. Who could have saw that? We couldn't have predicted it, you know. Um, and even you know the best savers and the best, you know, there are some people who are lucky enough to be employed the entire time. There were so many people who lost their jobs and so many people who lost their um, their means of income. Um, so yeah, I, I can see why you just decided, hey, I'm gonna do this, even at the risk of possibly, you know, being around people who are not socially distancing and, and, and masking properly. Yeah, you know the the tech people won though. Oh, tech, for sure. Man, they Zoom, won. The Zoom people? Are you kidding me? Amazon, Jeff Bezos. Oh and, my oh. God! And there are people. You know, listen. Not only the Amazon like people who are ordering necessities, there are people who like are hooked on 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 shopping on on Amazon and those kind of platforms because it just I don't know. It was a, I don't want to say it's a form of entertainment, but. I don't know, seeing those packages arrive give people some sort of sense of gratification. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You're so right. Amazon, a killing, man. They made a killing during the pandemic. I mean, they make a killing on a regular day. But during exactly, the pandemic, yes. you're so right. Tech totally won. Yes, they did. I, I'm, I'm starting to think I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> Like, what am I doing with this base? <laughs> well, packages. I should have a package, not a base. <laughs> I know you're right. You're so right. Oh man, you know you start to you start to because you have so much time. Mm -hmm. You know you start thinking. You just start thinking about things, and it's just you just can't help it. You know. I know, but you know what? There also, you know, there were some silver linings to um, this whole disaster. Um, you know, creative people like us. Um, you had to really find creative ways to express yourself. And so um, I think that a lot of people did a, some amazing creative things. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I did a, I did a few things online on, on Facebook. I did some tributes mm -hmm. to some bass players. Really? Uh, I sure did. Um, I did um, and a few other things, you know, to um, generate some income. I had the Cash App and my Venmo and all of that on on my post when i was doing that mm -hmm. so just try i was trying to think just try to think some things to to keep some money coming in yeah. and um but then another thing that helped too is that there were a lot of grants and opportunities for musicians and creatives mm -hmm. to uh, get money from different organizations and so that helped out a lot too yeah you know yeah. and uh, music cares the grammy grammy foundation um, Houston Arts Alliance, Mid Art, Mid America Arts Alliance, um, Alliance. Those things they had where you know you sign, you could um, apply for some uh, financial assistance, mm -hmm. and um, it came in handy. So and and and, and, and as you were saying, um, the opportunity for me to really focus on my own music. Yeah. That's that's that that which is something that I should not have slacked off in before the pandemic. But, you know, this made it made it real clear that I needed to start focusing, get back focused on my original music. Whereas before your music, your focus was on on what? Gigging. Gigging. OK. Performing, earning a living. That's it. OK, gotcha. 
Yeah, you know, listen, it's, it's why you fell in love with what you do is expressing yourself and your music should be out there. And that's a perfect segue to why we're talking in the first place. You've got new music out. Um, what's your new album out? Has it come out yet? So no, there's no new album, not right now. Right now, I'm just doing singles. New singles. You know what? And, and that makes sense, Jolando, because there are a lot of musicians who are doing that. Um, because uh, in this day and age, people, they, you know, consume songs, you know? And so yeah. mm -hmm. you have a new song called Precious Time, and it's featuring singer Andre James. Um, did this song come about during the pandemic? It did. And what was your motivation? What's the song about? Tell us all about it. So Precious Time is inspired by the events of um, of the pandemic of the past year. Mm -hmm. And it was actually going to be an instrumental being that um, I mainly do jazz, but I wanted, I decided to do something a little different on this song. So um, I came up with the melody for, for it, but I hadn't had the words. The words hadn't came to me yet mm -hmm. until... Um, I was walking around um, Tom Bath Park <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on that trail by the lake mm -hmm. and the word and then the words just came to me just like that the song was written by the time I got off that trail that's how you know it's supposed to be right it just kind of comes to you naturally you're right that's right and it's yeah. never done that it, mm -hmm. it's so I was I was trying to figure out what to say how to say it you know and then there it was. I was on the trail, so I had to give credit to I had to give um, praise to God for that. Yeah, yeah. And how did it come about you um, collaborating with Andre James for this? Andre came to mind um, because his his actually I had someone else to sing it, but that didn't work out. So Andre's came his voice came mind came to my mind um, as the uh, the music came together. And I've been working with Andre for years. We've been playing together in different uh, performances and all. Mm -hmm. And so um, I called him. I said, man, I, I need you. I got something for you. I got something that I think that you will fit. And so he came right on in and flowed. It was, it was, it was easy. You know, he, it was great. Yeah. Well, we're going to play the song uh, before we get out of here. But you know what I like to do? I like to, at the end of um, my interviews, my conversations, I like to <laughs> ask a number of questions because I feel like, you know, you and I talking right now, we get to sure, we get to know about you. But these 10 questions, they, they get... Um, information out of you that we really wouldn't have known unless we asked these specific questions. So, um, are you game for answering them? Let's go. So, I have a bonus question as well because you're a big jazz uh, person. I'm a big jazz fan. I, um, I am, you know, I'm so into jazz that um, even when I was a teenager, um, I would go to jazz concerts, <laughs> and I'd be like, there would be all these older people there, and I'd be this only young kid there with my my other friend um you know like at a nancy wilson concert and they're like what is this child doing here <laughs> but i just really love um jazz a lot and i'm a huge fan of nat king cole so i guess i wanted to know your thoughts on nat smooth smooth as butter i mean that cat was so he had it together and with the time that he was in um, you would never know what was affecting him and what he had to deal with when he performed. He was just so smooth. That's the best way I could describe him. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess um, to elaborate on that, if people don't know the story of Nat King Cole, um, you know, he was just so... When he first started, he was a jazz pianist, right? A lot of people... Yes, he was. A lot of jazz people know that, but people who know him for his singing didn't really think of, think of him in that way. But um, his second wife, I believe, Maria... She was like, listen, you need to um, come from behind that piano and sing because, hello, like you said, his voice is butter. Um, but before he, you know, he was singing as a pianist, but he let the music take the lead. Many people knew him as a jazz pianist. Um, and and he, was, he was probably thought more as a better pianist than a singer. Exactly. Um, so great jazz lovers know that jazz, that was, you know, where jazz people loved him the most. Um, but, you know, as you said, that voice is butter. And I'm a huge Nat fan. And if I had one um, dream, I would want to go back. One wish, you know, if they asked us, let's say if they asked us, they said we, they could grant us like three wishes. One of my wishes would be to go back and see Nat King Cole perform live because, you know, he passed away before you and I were born, you know. So right. I, I would mm -hmm. love to see him perform live. Okay, so thanks for indulging me in that, in my Nat conversation. <laughs> so here's the official Q&A. What was your favorite toy when you were a kid, Jolando? Lionel Trains. Really? Are you a train uh, enthusiast? I sure am. If I, wasn't, if, I wasn't, if I wasn't a musician, um, I'd be working for the railroad. Really now? Have you ever taken a train? I have, and I took we took Amtrak when we were kids. We uh, got on my family. We we went uh, where did it go? In Temple, went to Temple, Texas, mm -hmm. and and came back. But I would most definitely would love to take a cross country trip uh, on Amtrak. Yeah, I see some of these. Um, if you go to um, Amtrak's YouTube or anything, I see some of these incredible. Um, um, voyages they have. I don't know if voyages is the right word um, because it's not a ship, but um, whatever you call it with trains, um, you know, they have some going through the, the mountains and some through. Mm -hmm. It's just beautiful. You know, I um, used to be afraid of flying. I mean, I flew because it was um, a necessary evil because I like to go places. I'm not as afraid of flying as I used to, but I, I, I am more preferential to trains. Um, oh, yeah. So I've taken quite a few Amtraks, especially when I lived in New York. I would take the Acela to mm. to DC or yeah, to, yeah. To I would Boston. love to do that. Yeah, I would take it to Boston. I even took Jolando. I took the train from New York City Penn Station to Montreal in Canada. Oh wow, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, and it was in the winter. So it was mm -hmm. interesting seeing the lay of the land and then all of the snow frozen, everything frozen over and, you know, crossing over from uh, the States to Canada. It was an interesting um, experience. It really was. <laughs> yeah, I do a real fan of it sometimes. Yeah. And you so should, you should totally yeah. do that. You should, you know, what I want to do, because I never did it, I want to take the... Um, the train from Paris to um, to Europe um, because mm, I've done mm. that I've done that um, I think we did it via ferry when I went there in like 2000 but I've never done the train and I hear it's a bullet train and it's really cool so I want to do oh, okay. I want to do stuff like that you know I did think that when I was in uh, Paris in 2017 I took the train from Paris to the wine region uh, of Paris which was pretty cool as well 
Cool, cool. I would love to do that. Okay, another question. What did you want to be when you were growing up? You already answered that, but aside from musician, was there anything else aside from that and a train conductor? <laughs> that's, that's it. That's pretty much it? Okay. What about your favorite song of all time? Uh, Let's see. I have one, one jazz and one vocal. Okay. Now, uh, the jazz one is um, Roy Ayers, Everybody Loves the Sunshine. Oh, okay. And uh, the vocal, and this is a surprise because, you know, my favorite grand, my favorite band is Earth, Wind & Fire. Mm -hmm. But they're the ones that really uh, made me decide that I wanted to be a musician once okay. and for all. Okay. Um, but the, my favorite vocal is uh, Billy Joel, I uh, Just The Way You Are. Oh, that's a great song. Why do you yeah. think that resonates with you so much? I think it's because it's the song, it, it, it says, it admonishes the woman to stay as she is. Um, Don't go changing. And you know, if 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 you if you if you listen to some of the a lot of the songs that men sing, we like our women to stay the same, even though we know it's a pipe dream. We like we we like our women to if like um um shoot the go, go back to the verses song the verses um uh, um Isley Brothers that song. Don't change, don't change, girl. Everything the same, yeah. Yep. <laughs> or, uh, the Earth, Wind, and Fire, Be Ever Wonderful. Uh, you know, be ever wonderful. Mm -hmm. Stay as you are, you know. Um, and so this song, and it has some, um, I love you the way, you, just the way you are, has some clever lyrics to it. Mm -hmm. Especially the one when he says, um, I don't want no clever clever conversation. Mm -hmm. I don't want to work that hard. I just want someone I could talk to. I want you just the way you are. I just yeah. love the lyrics in that song. Yeah. Don't you love it when um, when anything, like even if it's fashion or, or lyrics, I love it when they're simple, yet they're profound like that. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. You know, that's so interesting that you say that, though. Um, it kind of touched a, you know, a nerve with me as a woman. It's, it's, you're right. You hear men say all the time and want you just the way you are. But somehow society makes women feel like we're not enough. You know, because you do. It would be nice to, to have someone who loved you just as you are. But the message to women, and I'm speaking as a woman, is always you're not enough. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and I so, got you. so it's hard to just be just be the way you are when you're always hearing the message that you're not enough. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. You're always hearing that. I mean, even when you look at the videos, you know, the women have to be this and that. They're not you don't see like quote unquote regular normal women. You see women who are like supermodels or they're this kind of um, definition of perfection or this kind of, you know, whatever people say is perfection. Um, yet you say you want us just the way we are, but the, but the message is consistently, you are not enough, you know? So that's, that's something to think about. Um, okay. Um, you've already said it. Your favorite artist of all time, EWF, the elements. Yes. What's your favorite movie of all time? The Blues Brothers. <laughs> why, why that one? 
It's a combination of music and comedy. It is. Are you a big comedy fan? I love comedy. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Aretha Franklin was in that movie. She was Ray Charles. Oh yeah, Ray Charles was in that movie, wasn't he? Ray Charles. Yeah. The uh, Booker T. Booker T. and the MGs. Wow. Um, is that Booker T. from Houston? Is that the one from Houston? No, he's from Memphis. They're from Who Memphis. Who am I thinking Matter. about? Who am I thinking about? The one from Houston. Uh, Archie Bell and the Drills. Drills, okay, got it, got it. Okay, I'm listening. Uh, I'm Archie Bell from the Drills from Houston, Texas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was uh, Booker T and the MGs. They were the backup band for Stax Records. Oh, yeah. That's the record label that had like Isaac Hayes and such, right? Al Green, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otis Redding. Oh, man, some legends. Oh, man, yes, indeed. Oh, man. Like the Motown of the South. Okay, um, do you have a favorite movie? You, we, we said movie. you have a favorite actor or actress of all time? Hmm, that's a good one. I'd have to get back to you on that yeah, one. Yeah, we can uh, come back to it if it, if it if it comes to your head. Just shout it okay. out. Okay, all right. Fa- what's your favorite sport? I know it's going to sound uh, a little uh, interesting, but um, I love baseball. Really? Yes, I do. Why would you think that sounds interesting? Um, you know, uh, being that I'm in Texas, this is a football country, and I <laughs> yeah. love I love football. Um, you know, but there's something about baseball. I think it's the, um, for one thing, it's the anticipation. Um, people say it moves too slow, but to me, it's more of an anticipation type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going to happen, what kind of pitch is going to come. When the pitch, uh, from the from the pitcher to the to the catcher, what is it going to be a fastball, a curveball, a slider, a sinker? Um, is the batter going to be able to recognize it and swing, and connect with it, or is he going to is it going to strike out? Um, is it going to hit him? Is it going to foul off? There's so many intricacies, and with baseball that that uh that intrigues me. How much satisf- satisfaction did you feel when the Astros won the championship? Oh, I was out. Partying downtown with everybody else. I, <laughs> um, I think I stick. We stayed up to about. I think I stayed up to about five a.m. and then went to Waterbury and got something. <laughs> hey, listen. I you know I live in San Diego right now, and um, you know I mean there's a lot of Dodgers fans here, and, and the Astros beat the Dodgers. And yes, I was, you know when I came home um, after they won, when I came home for Christmas, when I came to Houston for Christmas, I oh my God, I could not wait to get me an Astros hoodie, a championship mm-hmm. hoodie. And mm-hmm. so I was, I would wear it around uh, Southern California uh, with pride and I would get so many nasty looks. I bet you did. And then when the, um, the Astros cheating scandal came along, I was like, but like, don't all teams cheat? I'm not justifying cheating, but I'm like, is this something the Astros invented? No, not at all. That's what I was trying to say. Matter of fact, um, the the Yankees and the Red Sox, they've uh, they cheated, but they're the storied franchises. Mm-hmm. So nothing's going to happen to them. I think the Dodgers did as well. Mm-hmm. And um, even with the the cheating, so-called cheating, um, the Astros still had to get out there and execute. They still had to hit the ball. They still had to... You know, they still had to do what they had to do to win. So the cheating, the cheating 
did it gave maybe gave him a slight advantage, but not to the point to where it determined anything, in yeah. my opinion. Hey, listen, I know Texas um, opened up their stadium full. You know, what about the Astros? What's going to happen with the with the um, Astros? I think they're still about twenty five percent. Okay. Yeah, the Rangers up in uh, DFW, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're open 100%, you know. What are your thoughts on um, how the Astros are looking for this coming season? Not bad. They're 6-3 they're and three right now. Um, they got to play the Tigers tonight. Um, and Dusty Baker, I, um, I, the, the manager now, I really hope and believe that he can win his first World Series this year. No, oh, let's hope. From your lips to God's ears, right? Amen. <laughs> um, if you had a choice, Yolando, what would your last ever meal be? Chicken fried steak. Oh my God, you did not miss a beat with that. <laughs> Why are you so sure about that one? Um, I would love a chicken fried steak. What would your sides be? Black eyed peas and rice. Oh, I was hoping you would say mashed potatoes and gravy. Oh, 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 wait a minute. Hold on. Damn. <laughs> Maybe, hey, listen, it's your last meal. Maybe you can have it all. Like I please. <laughs> mashed potatoes. <laughs> I will have the mashed potatoes that and green beans. That would be for uh, the side. If uh, that The other two sides. If I couldn't have black eyed peas and rice. What and about your drink? Bread. What about your drink? Oh, cornbread. Wait a minute. My mom always made sweet cornbread. Would your cornbread be sweet or what? It would be, um, I think it would be more buttery. Okay. Okay. And what would your drink be with that meal? Sweet tea. Mmm. Of course it would be. That yeah. sounds like a good meal, Jolanda. It'd be diabetes sweet too. <laughs> I love it. Um, what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? I quote a scripture. You quote a scripture? Mm-hmm. Um, the same this, one? Right. Every morning. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad about it. I love that. I love that. And, and then I then I say thank you for the thank you for waking me up today. Finally, what's the last thing you do before you go to bed? What's the last thing I normally do? I just go through um, through social media and um, oh no 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 I go through social media or I would go on YouTube mm -hmm. and try and find out some information on um, on marketing and stuff like that or. Um, look for old shows of um, Cosby, and not the Cosby Show, but Cosby that came on after the Cosby Show. Do gotcha. you remember that one? I do. You, I do. Mm -hmm. gotcha. gotcha. Yes, indeed. Okay, um, so I feel like we sufficiently know you. I'm sure there's so much, there are so many more layers about you, but I think we have some good info for you on you Wonderful. right now. <laughs> Thank you for sharing everything, Jolando. I appreciate you. Would you um, share all of your social media with us? I sure will. So I have on um, Facebook, um, Jolando Johnson Music, and then um, Instagram and uh, what's the other one? Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, at Jolando Johnson Music. Uh, um, I'm on TikTok, um, Jolando J. Um, I've just started to learn how about Twitch and WhatsApp, so I got I don't have anything for that yet. Um, <laughs> and then of course my website, JolandoJohnson.com, which is where you can find all of my music. I do have a YouTube channel, Jolando Johnson, um, and then you can also find me on um, all of the streaming platforms. 
where my music is, which includes Pandora. I have a radio station on Pandora. Yeah, and you guys support Jolando, completely talented and um, a music aficionado. So support Jolando and all his music, you know, and you hear me talking about him every episode because the theme music I play for the episode is Jolando's music. So um, support him because he is supportive of, um, of my uh, podcast and such. Um, Jolando, introduce your new song, Precious Time, for everyone. So this is my new song, my latest single, which is um, definitely adequate for these times that we're in and what we've been experiencing and, and inspired by that precious time because that is all that we have featuring andre james thank you Jolando. and thank you shelly wade even though you went to yates but thank <laughs> you shelly i love you love you more <laughs>
from Jolando Johnson featuring the super talented Andre James Precious Time and isn't that true ain't that the truth if there's one thing we learned during the pandemic is that time is precious you know I mean I I don't know about you but you know I know there were some times that I took for granted you know like um you know you're just taking for granted that you can breathe in fresh air without a mask and that you can um you know uh, you can um, just be around a ton of people without social distancing. I mean, we took that for granted before the, the pandemic. And there were so many people who lost their lives. And, you know, and, and, and so that song speaks to what um, is true. Time is precious. We learned that during the pandemic. If we hadn't known it before, we learned that this last year. And uh, thanks to Jolando Johnson for capturing it in song. Be sure to purchase Precious Time by Jolando Johnson featuring Andre James and show him some love, show him some support. Um, Jolando um, shared with me that that video for Precious Time is going to world premiere on his Jolando Johnson YouTube channel this Friday, April 16th. Um, listen, if you're if you're checking this uh, podcast out after April 16th, the video is already up on the channel, <laughs> Jolando Johnson channel on YouTube. Be sure um, to check it out. You know Jolando and I, like I said, we've been friends for so many years. We were we went to college together. We were college buddies. But I enjoyed getting to know him right along with you because there were so many things that I learned about him that I didn't casually know about him from hanging out, you know, um, over the years. And so I really enjoyed getting to know Jolando a lot better. Be sure to follow him across all of his social media channels and um, continue to support his music. And just like that, another edition 
edition of the All the Rage with Shelly Wade podcast is in the books. Um, Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already and spread the word to your family members and friends and tell them about the podcast. Maybe they'll like it. Maybe they'll want to subscribe as well. Subscribe also to my All the Rage with Shelly Wade YouTube channel, where many of the times uh, you can um, catch out the video versions of the interviews that I do for the podcast. Um, And my Facebook is also called All the Rage with Shelly Wade. Like my Instagram is called The One and Only Shelly Wade. I do this cool thing on my Facebook and Instagram pages on uh, most days called the Prince Fam of the Day. If you know me, you know I am a huge Prince lover, have been since I was in elementary school, and I thought it'd be cool to shine the purple spotlight on my fellow Prince lovers, and I do that daily with the Prince Fam of the Day, and it's been so cool getting to know uh, all of these Prince fans from all over the world. And listen, if if, if you um, are a Prince lover uh, and would like to nominate yourself or if you would like to nominate another Prince lover in your life, DM me on my social media and um, I'll get back to you uh, with all the details on what you need to do to be featured. I'm also on Clubhouse and uh, Twitter at Shelly Wade. Don't forget it's Shelly with an E, S-H-E-L-L-E-Y, W-A-D-E. As always, love you for listening and I'll talk to you next episode. Mwah.